what I would like us to look at, if you have your Bibles, please get them open. Um, And we're going to have a look at the book of Jude this morning. It's very easy to find. Just open your Bible and keep turning right. And you'll come to Revelation and the book before the last book of the Bible is Jude. And we'll be looking very especially to at the last two verses of Jude. Jude is only 25 verses, so it's really, really short. Uh, if you haven't read it in a long time, I'd really encourage you to read it. And uh, we'll just look, if you wouldn't mind putting in the screen those last uh two verses in Jude, which say, Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless or without fault and with great joy to the only God our Savior, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Great words, and we're going to dig into those uh, in a few minutes' time. Let me begin by saying this. Every single person here has fears. I don't, it doesn't matter what age you are, uh, married, single, divorced, widowed, uh, we all have our fears, haven't we? And I wonder what some of our most common fears are. And remember, fears are just a part of being human. Every human being has fears. What we do with them is another thing. And when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, what are some of the most common fears that I have come across? And one of them in churches, where I've served a long time, at this particular point in the service, one of the biggest fears of a congregation is, I suppose that preacher's going to start with a joke, and we're fearful it's going to be an awful joke. Well, I don't want to disappoint you. I am going to start with something humorous that a lovely Christian pastor in Paraguay sent me a few days ago. And it's this. I'm sure some of us have used a walkie-talkie. And the question is this. If the person who invented the name walkie-talkie for the walkie-talkie gave names to other things, what kind of names would they give? Now, I want you to help me on this, okay? What kind of name do you think they'd give, and Craig, you're not allowed to answer this, uh, what kind of name do you think they'd give to a postage stamp? Yes, exactly right. Licky Sticky. Were you reading my notes here? (laughs) Absolutely right. Licky Sticky. What name do you think he would give to a defibrillator? Defibrillator. Hearty Starty. Okay, and if you don't understand that, ask the person beside you to explain it, okay? Bumblebees. What name would he give to bumblebees? Any idea? Don't be, don't be embarrassed. Fuzzy Buzzy. Fuzzy Wuzzy, did you say? Buzzy Wuzzy, yes, very good. Uh, now, here's one more surprise, some of you. A pregnancy test. Okay, I'll tell you. Maybe baby. (laughs) Okay? Isn't that right? Um, What about uh, nightmares? Screamy dreamy. And I'll tell you my favourite. My favourite is, what name do you think you'd give a hippopotamus? Floaty bloaty. (laughs) 
Floaty, floaty. I really like that. Now, just think of fears for a minute. Here are some of the most frequent fears that I have come across. You'll see them on the screen. Fear of failure. I guess many of us, many of us in this room have experienced that fear. A fear of failure. A fear of what other people think. That's a big one in Northern Ireland. It really is. And it's a big one in many churches. We're motivated to behave in a certain way, not actually because of our love for the Lord or the fear of him, but the fear of what other people might think about us. A fear of not coping. That's a big one for many, many people. Fear of rejection. Fear of not enough money to pay the bills. A fear of illness, getting a certain illness. How many people live with, for example, a fear of getting cancer or some killer disease? Or for sports fans, and now this is going to be a moment of division in the room. A fear of Man United winning the Premiership. Yeah, do you hear that, Craig? Some of you, I suppose some are loser pool fans here, are you? Oh, sorry, sorry, Liverpool. I beg your pardon. Okay, but we have all kinds of fears. Or what about this one? A fear of falling, a fear of not keeping something up, a fear of not finishing. Uh, Many wives live with that fear, especially if they're married to a tradesman. Um, That wee painting job, do you remember I mentioned it to you three and a half years ago? (laughs) You ever got a list of things in your house, they've been started but they haven't been finished? A fear of not completing, not finishing. But a fear of not keeping up. I'll tell you uh, a conversation I'll never forget. I was a curate at the time in Marilyn, and there was this business guy in the congregation. We had many chats about the Christian faith. He wasn't a Christian, but he was thinking about it. But he said to me, and this is what I've never forgotten, he said, Ken, I'm one of these people that gives 100%. And I don't want to be a Christian and then it only lasts for a short time. And then I give it up and walk away. I don't want to be that kind of person. He said, I've seen that happen. He said, if I I start something, I'll finish it and I'll give it everything. And Jim's fear, and it held him back from becoming a Christian, was the fear of not keeping it up. wonder, is that a fear that some of us here identify with? Or maybe we know we are Christians, but we're fearful about the future. You know, are we really going to heaven? Is God really going to hold on to us? Well, just hear again these words of Jude. How does he know God? He knows God as the one who keeps us from falling, from falling away. And he knows God as the one (coughs) before whom we're going to be presented faultless, blameless, before his presence, the presence of his glory, and that's going to be with exceeding joy when we meet him, all because of Jesus. And he's going to make sure if we are disciples of Jesus, followers of him, if we've repented and believed, there is a day coming and a day we can look forward to when we are going to be kept by him for that day. And boy, there's not going to be anything better. Heaven with Christ forevermore. Didn't the Apostle Paul sum it up? For me to live is Christ and to die is what? Gain. Gain. The very best is yet to be. We have a foretaste of heaven here on earth, but oh my, heaven is going to be 
perfect, awesome, beyond what any of us could adequately describe in words. So let's go back to the book of Job. What's the context of this letter of Job or message of Job? And remember, there's only 25 verses in it. It is really, really short. One of the shortest books in the whole Bible. Well, this is how it starts. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. And then in verse 3, he says this. Uh, Yes, it's up on the screen. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. Isn't that fascinating? What honesty and integrity he has. He tells them, listen, I was going to write to you on the theme of salvation. And wow, what a theme to write on. But he said, things have changed. And I feel a compulsion, a prompting of the Lord to write to you about something else. And what's the something else? Could we just have those words up again, please? Um, What's the something else that he wants to write to us about? I want to write to you and urge you to do what? To contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. So that's the context of this message from Jude to these people. He wants us And my goodness, is this a message for the church today. To be men and women, young people, boys and girls who contend for the faith, who keep the faith, who guard the faith, who proclaim the faith, who make sure that sacred trust or deposit of truth remains sacred, that the gospel remains the gospel and it's not changed, diluted, distorted, or whatever. And then he tells us why he wants us to be people who contend for the faith. Look at the next verse, verse 4. For certain individuals whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into a license for immorality and they deny Jesus Christ our only sovereign and Lord. Wow. It was George Bernard Shaw who said years and years ago, the Bible is as up to date as this morning's newspaper. And if anything he said was right, that certainly is. Isn't it incredible how relevant this is, the book of Jude, Jude, to our culture today? Do you know any people today? Do you hear any voices in the media who are perverting the grace of God? Of course we do. Every day we hear it. Do you know any people who are using it, God's grace, as a license for immorality, lewdness, crudeness, rudeness, going way outside of what God's truth is? Of course we do. Do you know any who are denying Christ's divinity? Yes, of course we do. And what matters in the lives of many people today in our culture is not what Christ says, it's what I feel. And if I feel like doing it, I'll do it. So stuff you. 
I don't care what you say. If I feel like doing it, I'll do it. And that's the way a lot of people live today. I'm going to come clean. I love country and western music. And uh, one of my things that I want to do before the Lord calls me home is I want to go to Nashville. And Keith Getty, who lives in Nashville, has said, Fanta, if you come there, come and see us, because he and his wife, Kristen, live in Nashville now. That would be a treat. And the Grand Old Opry is there. I want to visit it. But I remember one day traveling in the car, and I was listening to some country and western music, and this song came on, and I couldn't believe what I was listening to. This is the line that really hit me like an extra set missile. If it feels so right, how can it be wrong? If it feels so right, how can it be wrong? And you know people and I know, and we're amongst them, that we're in a situation and there's such a thrill and a kick in this that everything else goes out the window. And in one sense it feels right in the sense of, oh, I want to do this, this just feels so good. But actually... Deeper down, we know it's wrong. Feelings become our God. Feelings become the plumb line. I'll give you an example of it. Some years ago, there was a a husband and a wife met with me. I'll never forget it. They were sitting on the settee, and I was listening to them, and they were having serious problems in their marriage. She was actually having an affair with somebody. And in the middle of the conversation, she said this to me. I have prayed about this, and she was talking about the affair with this other man. She said, I have prayed about this, and God hasn't said no. I thought, are you and I reading the same Bible? I didn't say that out loud, but that's what I was thinking. She was going totally on her feelings, not on God's truth. And I am absolutely convinced, friends, that one of the greatest protections against deception is a mature grasp of revealed truth. What God says in the Bible. This is what we're to go by. His word can be trusted. Our feelings will go up and down. And we're in a generation that's all about feelings. I remember Helen and I, some months ago, were listening to a girl being interviewed, or, or a fella, I actually don't know, and they said in the, in the interview, when I wake up in the morning, sometimes it takes me 20 or 30 minutes to decide what I'm going to be today. You know, our feelings can be all over the place. They can change. But God's word doesn't change. And it's his truth, friends, that sets us free. So if we want to be really free, the truth is found in Jesus who is the freedom giver. And then in Christ we become freedom livers. That's what it's all about. It's not about our feelings, whatever they are. And what we're experiencing in our culture today is not new. This is what Jude is talking about here in this letter. It's incredible. Just listen to those verses in the message version, Eugene Peterson's version. I quote them again. What has happened is that some people have infiltrated our ranks, brackets, our scriptures warned us this would happen, close the brackets, who beneath their pious skin are shameless scoundrels. Their design is to replace the sheer grace of our God with sheer license, 
which means doing away with Jesus Christ, our one and only master. It's sheer license. Sexual freedom, as it's explained by some people, is actually sexual slavery. It's not about love, it's about lust. It's about my desires being granted, fulfilled. And folks, how is your life going and my life going at the moment? Even as professing Christians, is it the truth of God that we're building our lives on? Or is it what we feel like on a certain day? If I feel like going to hope on Sunday morning, I'll go to hope. But if I don't feel like it, I won't bother. And yet we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, a biblical principle. So we need to recapture and rediscover what God has says. And then later, verses 16 to 19, Jude says this. This is the message paraphrase of verses 16 to 19. These are the, who are these false teachers? These are the complainers, the belly achers, grabbing for the biggest piece of the pie, talking big, saying anything they think that will get them ahead. But remember, dear friends, that the apostles of our master, Jesus Christ, told us this would happen. There is nothing new under the sun. The prophets, the apostles said, this is exactly what would happen. People would become lovers of themselves. In the last days, there will be people who don't take these things seriously anymore, the truth of God, the gospel. They'll treat these things like a joke. They'll make a religion of their own whims and lusts. These are the ones who split churches, thinking only of themselves. There's nothing to them, no sign of the Spirit. And Jude says, listen, there's three things I want you to do in this culture. Verses 20 and 21. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. What's the first thing Jude tells us to do here? Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Brothers and sisters, I plead with you. Is that one of our priorities in our daily living, our weekly living, to build ourselves up? Or is it to tear others down? As you and I look back over, for example, this season of COVID, last more or less 18 months, Have we been growing closer to the Lord, building ourselves up, going deeper with Jesus? Or have we, as many people have, just become drifters, actually not really growing and becoming more like Jesus? Let's hear what Jude says to us. And maybe this is the Lord's word for somebody here this morning. You've been neglecting building yourself up. Start again. I want you back. Second thing we're to do, what did he say? Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Spirit. I love God's revelation of himself in the Bible as the Lion of Judah. And honestly, with all of my heart, I want to hear the Lion of Judah roaring again on this island of Ireland. I want to see the Holy Spirit moving right across this island. North, south, east, west, urban, rural, Craig Avon, Coleraine, Cork, the whole length, folks. And we will see a whole fresh move of the Spirit of God, the wind of God blowing again, and people repenting and believing, lives being changed, communities being changed. We'll see that when we prioritize praying 
in the Holy Spirit. We're the only people who'll do it. God's people. So Jude says, go for it. <coughs> Somebody sent me, <coughs> excuse me, a couple of days ago, this little thing. I thought it was absolutely brilliant, and I share it with you this morning. Beware of terrorist groups in the church. Now, there's a surprise. Beware of terrorist groups in the church. And remember, one of the foremost terrorists had the name Bin Laden. Do you remember that? Okay. Latest news reports are that five terrorist cell groups have been operating in many of our churches. They have been identified as been sleeping, been arguing, been fighting, been complaining, and been missing. Their leader is Lucifer, been working. Train, and he trained these groups to destroy local churches. Their plan is to come into the church disguised as Christians and to work within the church to discourage, disrupt, and destroy. The New Testament calls them wolves in what? Sheep's clothing. So in other words, they give the appearance of being Christians, but they're not. It's only skin deep. We need to watch out for the false teachers. However, there have been reports of a sixth terrorist group, a tiny cell known by the name Bin Pren. This group is the only effective counter-terrorism force in the church. Unlike the terrorist cells, the Bin Pren team does not blend in with whoever and whatever comes along. Bin Pren does whatever is needed to uplift and encourage the body of Christ. We have noticed that the Bin Pren cell group has different characteristics than the others. They have been watching, been waiting, been fasting, and been longing for the Master, Jesus Christ, to return. No church is exempt. So friends, watch out. And let's hear what Jude is saying to us. Build ourselves up in the most holy faith, Pray in the Holy Spirit. And thirdly, he says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, there's a lot of teaching in the Bible about God keeping us, holding on to us, holding fast. That's what Jude talks about. He's the God who's going to keep us from falling. But the New Testament also tells us we have a responsibility to keep ourselves in the love of God and not run after false lovers, not run after false gods, but keep ourselves in his love. That's your responsibility and mine. And can I just say, we can have the best friends in the world, we can belong to the most wonderful church in the world, and Hope Church is a wonderful church. Don't get me started. I have quoted many times in sermons in the last year things that have been going on here in your lives and through your lives, impacting the community here. But listen, we and only we are the ones who can keep ourselves in the love of God. Our friends can help us, they can encourage us, but it's the decisions and choices I make that will make the difference. The choices and decisions you make So are we choosing to keep ourselves in the love of God, live his way, be more like Jesus? And then um, Jude tells us what to do 
after this. One of the first things we do, Jude 24, 25, is we are to look on to him. He's turning our eyes to him, the God who will keep us from falling. That's where our eyes are to be fixed. The old chorus got it absolutely right. Keep your heart, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Hebrews, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Faith. Top priority, looking unto him. Why? Well, because he has all power and glory and majesty and authority. When we're looking to Jesus, we're looking at the true God, the one who has the power to do far more abundantly than all we could ever ask or think. He is the one who is over all, king over all kings, over all presidents, over all queens, over all. He is the one we look to who will keep us from falling. And Jude has caught that vision, oh boy, he has, of an only God who is our Savior. Read those two last verses again, 24, 25. We want to praise him, focus on him, just as we've been doing this morning. And thank you again, musicians and singers. You are so talented, but thank you you're using those talents for God. And the rest of us are being blessed and God is being honored. So, Through Jesus Christ our Lord we give to the God of glory, the God of majesty, the God of dominion and authority, the God of eternal praise, we give him all the glory. And we live our lives focused on him. That's what Jude says we're to do. And why do we do that? Well, one of the main reasons we do it is because we know that in him we are safe and secure. He will not let us go. From the moment you and I repent and believe in Jesus Christ, he has us firmly kept in his hands, his arms. Isn't that how Jude began in verse 1? To those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father, and kept for Jesus Christ. Brother and sister in Christ, you are called, you are loved, And you're being kept by Jesus, for Jesus. That picture, thanks Craig. Can I just show you this? This is a picture that has meant an awful lot to us as a family over the years. Some of you may have this in your home. I absolutely love it. And it's meant a lot to our girls as well, when they were little and even now as adults. Jesus the Good Shepherd holding the lamb. Who is that lamb? You are. I am. And notice where he holds us, close to his heart. Do you know that picture was in our house for quite a few years before I noticed the hand of the good shepherd. I was so focused on being held and being safe and secure. Do you see the scar from the nails on his hand? That shows us how much you and I are loved by Jesus. He loved us. And gave himself for us. In Christ, no stumbling, only standing for all eternity. Hallelujah. He holds us fast. No shame, no blame. We are forgiven, we are freed, and we're heading to heaven to be with him forevermore. Um, Some weeks ago, in August this year, um, our local parish is Marilyn and Dollingstown. We had a wonderful lady and her husband, and this lady spoke that morning, and her husband did too. 
This lady's dad was a martyr in Iran, a Christian pastor. I was profoundly moved as I listened to this lady, and she shared a little bit about her dad, who died. Why? Because he was a Christian and a follower of Jesus. Uh, there's a picture of him here. You'll see it on the screen. His name is the Reverend Hossein Sudman. And he said this. He, he'd been arrested, and he knew there was a possibility of him being arrested, arrested again by the Iranian authorities. If he would just deny Jesus as Lord, like the false teachers did that Jude talks about here, he could have walked free. But he wasn't going to go down that path. And this is what he said. I am a follower of the great shepherd of the sheep, our Lord Jesus Christ. And I am ready to sacrifice my soul for my sheep. For me to escape from this persecution would cause the hearts of my flock to become cold and weak. And I never want to be a bad example to them. So I am ready to go to prison again. And if necessary, to give my life. He did go to prison again. He refused to deny his faith. He refused to deny that Jesus Christ is Lord. And on the 3rd of December, 1990, he was executed. Why had he the faith and the courage to live like that and to die like that? Because he knew that God would keep him from falling. He was safe and secure in the arms of the good shepherd, Jesus. And he could do it because Christ lived in him. He hadn't the strength to do it on his own, but he knew the truth of those words of the Apostle Paul, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So friends, whatever our fears are this morning, let's bring them to the foot of the cross and to Jesus. Whatever it is we're wrestling with at the moment in our own personal lives, let's turn our eyes to him and build ourselves up in the faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep ourselves in the love of God. Give all our fears to Jesus. He is able to keep us from falling. And do you remember the gym I mentioned at the beginning of the sermon? With this I finish. Who didn't want to become a Christian, well, was fearful about becoming a Christian because he mightn't keep it up. I'll never forget, our phone went one night between 11 o'clock at night and midnight. Who was on the phone? Jim. He says, Ken, I've good news for you. I've given my life to Jesus Christ. And he had. And Jim completely changed. He repented, he believed, he trusted Christ, he became a disciple of Jesus, and he never gave up. And he's now in heaven. Hallelujah. Because he came to know the God who can keep us from falling. I love those words. Not I, but Christ in me. You and I haven't the strength to keep going. But when the Holy Spirit invades our soul, the strength and power of Christ is within us.